The Open Ears Project is supported by Belmont, who have collected and created some of the world's greatest luxury travel adventures. Iconic hotels, train journeys, river cruises, and safaris. Each has a unique story to tell. Visit Belmont, B-E-L-M-O-N-D dot com and book your getaway today. This is the Open Ears Project. It's day 30. The language of music brings out different parts of us. It's universal. It's probably the most important thing with which you can make peace. I'm Esther Perel. I am a relationship therapist. I am an author and the host and executive producer of the podcast, Where Should We Begin and How's Work? And we're listening to music from Forêt and his Requiem. I ask every couple in my office what was the first song that they danced at their weddings or what's a piece of music that represents their relationship. And very often, while they're in the midst of degradation and uh, disintegration, I play the piece and I let them sit and listen to it. And by the way that they listen to it and still shed a tear or smile or remember or look at each other or have some modicum of connection, I often know if there's still something left between these two people. But when they listen to it and I see their bodies, their reactions, their breath, everything as kind of an old part of my life and that part is come and gone. And it's like, Oh yeah, I remember or vaguely, or I have nothing to do with this anymore. I kind of know that they are dead upon arrival. Music has played a central part in my life forever. Forever. I think that the pieces of music that mean the most to me are often determined by the circumstances of when and where I listen to that music for the first time. There's a vivid recollection usually of the experience of listening to that piece that then becomes part of why I like that piece. I listened to the Requiem of Forêt for the first time when I was driving in the hills of Jerusalem at six o'clock in the evening in the car with a friend of mine. And I love six o'clock in the evening. It's just as, as a light. And those hills in, of, around Jerusalem are just spectacular. And this music was playing. And at the time I was still a very melancholic young woman. And uh, I thought this music understands the sadness I carry inside of me. Why I had that sadness is a whole, you know, story of my own psychoanalysis. But uh, I remember that 
the music would allow me to experience, to feel and to express certain kinds of sadness that I didn't know what to do with. And um, I replayed it. It was on a cassette. You still had to rewind. <laughs> it's just like you get this goosebumps. I just thought, I need to hear this again. I need to hear this again. You know, emotions are embodied experiences. So when you listen deeply to something, you just don't hear it with your ears. You hear it with your entire skin. We all have an inner voice. We all can hear ourselves in a way that nobody else can. And so I think the first element of music is our voice before the instruments. I think that one of the first places where I must have heard music is when my mother would sing lullabies. And my deepest connection with my mother was singing. Her tenderness and her softness came out when she sang, much more than in other ways. She would sing to me in Yiddish, in Polish, in all the languages that she couldn't speak to me in. She basically could transmit her entire life and traditions that she had lost through the Holocaust. So before the Requiem comes the lullaby. I can't conceive of my life without music. It's the one place where I, I must be experiencing something that I think is akin to a religious feeling. I don't usually experience God-driven religious feelings, but music has that level of transport for me, of connecting me to the most raw, deep emotion that I feel in that moment, from joy to sadness, to anguish, to hope, to loss. Nothing will bring you to the extremity of those emotions as much as music will. Esther Perel chose The Requiem by Gabrielle Fauré. And she had difficulty choosing a single movement because she told me she loves the whole thing so much. We heard The Sanctus and The In Paradisum, which you can listen to in full in just a moment. It closes The Requiem and it closes this very first season of The Open Ears Project. We have loved sharing these stories and this music with you over the past 30 days. If you've missed any of our previous episodes, you can find them all at openearsproject.org or wherever you get your podcasts. People like Alec Baldwin and Jesse Eisenberg and Wynton Marsalis and Aminatou So and Nicola Benedetti and so many more, including a 9-11 firefighter, a yoga teacher and a member of the US military. If the Open Ears Project has become any sort of ritual in your life, then we'd love to hear about that. We're conducting a very short survey and we'd be so grateful if you'd consider filling it out at openearsproject.org survey. And if you've really liked what we've been doing and you'd like to help us do more, please consider clicking the button that says support us. I'm Clemmie Burton-Hill. 
Our audio production team is producer Rosa Gollan and technical director Curtis McDonald, with production assistance from Sapir Rosenblatt. Special thanks to our wider team at WNYC Studios and WQXR, including Ashley Lusk, Jackie Cheng, Michael Burke, Greta Rainbow, Lucas Kronengrimberg, Christine Herskowitz, Melissa Foster, and Shannon Connolly. All right, here it is, the final movement of Fares Requiem, in Paradisum. I'll see you soon. <laughs>